News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. I am, uh, I am, <laughs> I'm Mark Hespin. This is On the Mark. And uh, we're brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. I'm tripping over myself this morning because I'm giddy that we get more football this weekend. I, it's almost hard. It's almost a hard pill to swallow. You go from six incredible games last week to only four. And it feels like, wait a minute, I got to wait till three o'clock today to watch football on a Saturday. That is not fair. I, we're getting. I, I feel like I'm getting too greedy. I'm like, what am I supposed to do from 10 a.m. to 3:30 p.m.? What do I got to like do dishes, do some laundry? I, I, <laughs> I can take a nap. Hopefully, just wait for football. It's just like I feel like that uh, Narcos meme with Pablo Escobar just sitting there on the swing, just waiting. Waiting for football to start. Anyways, we got four incredible games. Divisional round is here. And uh, there, there's a ton of storylines. A ton of storylines going into this week. We'll try to break it all down for you. This show is going to be set up a lot like last week's show. Uh, a little bit different from normal. We'll talk Saturday games here during Hespin Headline 1. Uh, Sunday games during Hespin Headline 2. Then we'll regroup. I got some uh, thoughts, obviously, in the mega trade in the NBA. But really, uh, it's not as much about Harden or Houston. Uh, To me, I want to focus on KD, and we'll talk about uh, KD and his legacy and what this really means for Kevin Durant. Uh, And then we'll wrap up the show with a little more football talk. We have three uh, head coaching vacancies filled in the NFL. So far, I love what I'm seeing for all of these teams. Uh, And it's going to be – it's going to be – Something to keep our eye on is there's still more vacancies. Uh, obviously, with the Doug Peterson firing earlier this week, Kevin talked about that yet on the show, uh, stuff like that. So we'll get in all that, kind of wrap it up. But uh, as always, we kick the show off. I want to let you know to follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N, so we can talk football all weekend long. Uh, and let's get it started now with Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, uh, two big games today on this Saturday. Yes, we got to wait till 335 uh, for the kickoff on Fox. Rams at Green Bay. Green Bay, the one seed, getting that by last week. And then... What a lot of people are calling the game of the weekend and uh, and a matchup, I think we're all really excited to see because uh, it's kind of two strengths against two strengths and two weaknesses against two weaknesses. Rams at Bills. That's the late game, 715 on NBC. Uh, So let's just start chronologically. Let's go through it, uh, and let's kick it off with Rams at Packers. Um, obviously my, my quick thoughts on this, and you can actually find these right now on the KHMO app and, uh, KHMORadio.com. I have an article up there. Let's just be honest. Jared Goff, uh, he gets the start with the, with the ailing thumb. I mean, what that to me is one of the underrated storylines of last weekend. Jared Goff with an all time gutsy performance. 
all-time gutsy performance. I mean, you could just see the pain he was in. You could see him. It's on his throwing hand. You could see him every time he was knocked down or trying to, like, give a high five to a guy or, like, you know, them help him up. He didn't want to move that thumb at all. They At one point in time, did that zoom in on the sideline. And the guy's thumb on his throwing hand that had surgery 12 days before was, like, twice the size of his other thumb. So an all-time gutsy performance after Wolford gets injured. Wolford not clear to start this week. They go back to Jared Goff. And I uh, obviously uh, think that it's tough because I think a healthy Jared Goff is obviously what you want in this game. But I do think there's something to be said for a guy like Jared Goff who had a, a kind of an up-and-down season. Uh, you know, still a statistically pretty good season. Got his team to the playoffs uh, in, the, in, in, you know, in, the, in the wild card spot. But obviously there were some concerns. The offense just doesn't look like the offense that we remember from a couple years ago when they had that 50-54 to shootout against Kansas City in L.A. We're like, kind of where's that Rams? And and Jared Goff just hasn't looked like the same quarterback um, really since that Super Bowl loss. Struggled a little bit last year and same, kind of shaky up and down this year. But I do think, even though he's not nearly 100%, and uh, it's really the worst type of injury you could have for a quarterback uh, heading into the cold in Green Bay, not having the grip strength of that thumb. Obviously, it's going to be much better a week removed. I think we all know that, right? When you have a an injury, a serious injury, or if you've ever had a surgery, coming from like that second week, you're only a week and a half removed from a surgery to like two to three weeks removed from surgery. I mean, it's night and day. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's... Uh, closer to 60% compared to where it was last week, probably at like 30, 40%. Uh, but I do think the larger point I want to get at is I do think that type of gutsy performance, you could see the team rallying around him. You could see guys playing with that extra energy, that extra chip on the shoulder, almost kind of like the same type of shot in the arm that a team plays with when uh, a, like a Fitzpatrick comes in and you see uh, that, you know, that energy, they're like, oh, man, we got something here. Our guy's gotten something out. Uh, I think they're going to get some of that uh, this week as well. I think that carries over. Uh, but obviously, not only is Jared Goff not 100%, the best player in this game, you could argue. But, you know, All right, Aaron Rodgers MVP. I'll say the second best player in this game, Aaron Donald, uh, he's not, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, you know, he had Russell Wilson kind of fall on those ribs on that side uh, he's uh, battling through it. Uh, Sean McVay said they they fully expect him to play, but where he's going to be at, not a hundred percent. Aaron Donald is such a difference maker, is such an important piece to the Rams' success on defense, and the Rams uh, were really a great defensive team this year. You'd you could argue uh, the maybe the best defense in the league, only giving up two hundred eighty one yards per game. Uh, only giving up just over 3,000 yards passing. To put that in perspective, another another defense that we really um, liked, um, you know, defense we talked uh, more highly about, like a um, like a Colts defense, almost gave up, you know, over nine, almost 900 yards more game, uh, yards uh, passing in the season, uh, and gave up almost 50 yards just more per game. Now we also talk about like a Colts defense we all respect it, right? It's a great defense. They only gave up 90 yards rushing game. That was second best in the league. Well, third right behind them at 91 was the Rams. I mean, this Rams defense uh, was a top three defense this this year, and they only gave up 18.5 points per game. Again. 
That is better than a Ravens defense. That's better than the Steelers defense this year. That's best in the league. I mean, better than the Colts, better than the Bucks, uh, the, the, the New Orleans defense that we, these other defenses that we think of as elite defenses. Uh, the Rams were it. I mean, the Rams were it. And all of that starts from Aaron Donald creating pressure with the front four. Uh, and then making it so much easier for the Jalen Ramseys of the world to shut down guys. And Jalen Ramsey, to his credit, has been incredible this year at shutting down number one wide receivers. So I do think uh, this Rams defense is for real. But the problem is when you don't have a healthy Aaron Donald and then you don't have a healthy Jared Goff, creates a, a very, very, very thin window that the Rams have as an opportunity to beat the Packers. Conversely, it's a lot because the Packers just offensively were so good this year. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, was the fourth leading rusher in the NFL this year. You know, there was only uh, nine people who ran for over a thousand yards. Uh, Lamar Jackson being one of them. Uh, and Aaron Jones was fourth in the NFL with eleven hundred yards rushing. Uh, you know, behind besides Dalvin Cook at fifteen hundred yards and Derrick Henry, the elite rushers in this game. Aaron Jones is right in that next group with Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Josh Jacobs. Obviously, Chubb, if you feel like if he would have played uh, 16 games, would have been maybe more in that Dalvin Cook category. But again, Aaron Jones only played the 14 games. So you give him maybe another 200 yards. He's in that upper echelon of elite category of running backs in the NFL. Uh, Aaron Jones also five yards a carry. Uh, he's a guy that has speed. He's seen as a bigger back, but you know he can break off uh, 50, 60, 70-yard runs. He had a couple big, long touchdown runs this year. Uh, nine uh, total touchdown rushing uh, rushes for Aaron Jones. So um, there's a strength versus strength. Now, what I would say is the window for the Rams to win this game is you hope that the that the Packers' game plan this week is they want to attack the run, they want to get after Aaron Donald, they want to test where he's at health wise. And I think that plays into the Rams' hands. You know, the Rams, we know the crazy stat. Sean McVay is like 37, 38 no now when leading at halftime. And I really do think if the Rams lead at halftime, that spells trouble for Green Bay. Uh, any sort of window of hope that you give the Rams is an opportunity to hang around in this game. Uh, I don't think is great for Green Bay. Conversely, I don't think that's necessarily what will happen. I think Green Bay does get out to, can get out to an early lead. Uh, the matchup to watch for is Ramsey versus Adams. I think it's going to be fascinating. Devontae Adams, best receiver in the league this year. J- Jalen Ramsey, you could argue the best corner in the league this year. Strength on strength. Uh, and does that play into the Packers' hands, and can they take advantage of that matchup? Conversely, I do think the, the Rams will hang around in this game because of that defensive line. I do think Aaron Donald and, and Jared Goff will have good days for the health that they're in. Uh, overall, though, I will take the Packers to win this game 30-24. to I think the Rams cover. I got the Rams covering. I think the Packers pull away. Uh, they, they take an early lead. Rams hang around, tighten up defensively. Leonard Floyd gets a sack or two. Remember, no David Bakhtiari. He maybe steps up with a, with the Aaron Donald uh, dealing with the injury. Uh, uh, able to keep it close. I, I think Rodgers may be a little rusty. It's going to be a little troublesome without uh, Devontae Adams having as much space as he would normally have against some of the NFC North corners that he's been battling all year. Uh, but Rodgers pulls away late. 
Uh, Packers win 30 to 24 over the Rams. I feel pretty comfortable about that. I think if you had a 100% healthy Aaron Donald, a 100% healthy Jared Goff, I think the Rams would be able to really muddy this up a little bit more and Jared Goff could take a shot or two. Jared Goff, though, also historically in the games where he's had to play where it's just not where it's, I think, below 50 degrees, he's really struggled. So that with the thumb, uh, I do think they'll get a boost from the, the gutsy performance. That'll keep them in it for a little bit. I think Packers pull away, though, late and win 30-24. All right, let's move on to the late game. Ravens at Bills. You're listening on the mark here on Newstalk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. 7-15 Sunday Night Football. All right, let's just be honest about this right up. I think Lamar Jackson getting that uh, come-from-behind playoff win it's two monkeys off his back right everyone's talking about Lamar Jackson can't come from behind Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs you get two monkeys off the back like that I I don't care who you are I think that is a little bit of a um a detriment to the Ravens and and the edge that they played with last week. Tennessee did not play a great game and the Ravens barely squeaked out that game conversely I thought Indianapolis played a very good game and uh, was punching uh, Buffalo in the mouth. Uh, and obviously there were some bad calls in that game, some really late breaks that uh, went Indy's way. And then thankfully the call that could have been the call of the weekend with that, what was then a fumble on Pascal, uh, the Bills end up winning that game. Um, I, I do think this is one of those things you think, oh, well, no, no, now Lamar's going to play loose. I don't think Lamar playing loose is good for Lamar and the Ravens. Lamar has said this week he doesn't want to play in the snow. It doesn't look like there's going to be a foot of snow in Buffalo, but there could be some like effect snow uh, tonight on this game. And, and 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 really for the Ravens to win this game, it's all about keeping Josh Allen on the sideline. Now they can do that. We talk about rushing stats and Lamar Jackson obviously rushing for a thousand yards. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, Edwards, they have a, 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 a such a dynamic run offense. But if Buffalo can take any sort of lead, which I think that Buffalo can, because even though the Ravens defense was very good this year, uh, you'd argue certainly a top 10 defense. Uh, giving up, um, uh, giving up only 108 yards rushing a game. Uh, but they did give up, uh, 330 yards passing a game, which, um, is is not uh, exactly elite, elite uh, like we talked about with the Rams at 280 or the Washington football team Steelers in the low 300s. Uh, and and uh, conversely, the Buffalo Bills defense, they only let up just over 100 and, uh, 115 yards a game rushing. So they're not in the bottom half of the league even in, in rushing category. So there's this weird like, okay, your strength is not exactly our weakness, and my strength is not exactly your weakness when these two teams meet offensively versus defensively. I think the key, though, is to this game is that the Ravens only have one wide receiver who you'd consider – a, a very good wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. But even Hollywood Brown, where would he rank on your list of number one guys? He's not a top 10 number one guy. I'd, I'd, I'd push argue he's closer to about like the 15th, 14th number one wide receiver in the NFL. And the problem being that that's okay if then your number two and your number three guys 
are also like right there in that mix of like top 20, top 25 wide receivers in the NFL. But that's far from the truth. The Ravens really only have one weapon, and he's a guy that can only really beat you with quick routes or burn you over the top. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins, a, a, an Allen Robinson, where he can just a get-open guy who runs good routes, great hands, long, lengthy. You can kind of throw it up there. Put anywhere you need. I think if the Ravens had an, uh, a, 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 an Allen Robinson as a guy they should a million percent target in this offseason, that takes Lamar Jackson to another level. I've said that before. They don't have that guy. Now, they do have Andrews, the tight end, but Buffalo matches up pretty well against the tight ends, uh, and they've dealt with good tight ends. Uh, in, in their own division and who they played against. I mean, they've seen Travis Kelsey already this year and he burned them, but they, they've seen, uh, elite tight ends. It, it, it's not something that they're, uh, not used to seeing. So in order for the Ravens to win, uh, they cannot get behind. I know we just talked about them having a come from behind win, but I really don't think that they'll be able to get from behind because they're, they're, Two good offensive pieces for Lamar to go to. I think the Bills can handle the uh, Mark Andrews. Also, they have Tredavious White. They have one of the elite shutdown one-on-one corner guys who matches up really well against a Brown in their number one wide receiver. Uh, so Lamar Jackson will have to be Superman. The problem is he's going against a guy who himself is Superman. Now, the Ravens are a great blitzing defense, and they can really get after the quarterback. Josh Allen, conversely this year, has handled the blitz really well. Josh Allen doesn't really handle pressure well. There's a difference between the blitz and pressure. If you bring six guys, seven guys, and we pick it up and you don't get pressure, Josh Allen will pick you apart. But if you can get pressure with the Blitz or without the Blitz and actually get Josh Allen to get off his base, not be able to step in the pocket, Josh Allen has struggled against it like any quarterback struggles against it. It's not a knock necessarily on Josh Allen. So for the Ravens to win this game, I think there has to be, it has to be uh, back and forth scoring. I think it has to be the type of game where it's you score, I score, you score, I score, uh, and not ever letting it, each of the offenses. I think neither offense wants to get off their game plan. I don't think either one will. I think these are two decent defenses, but I think they're scoring. I like the Bills to squeak out a win at home late uh, with a field goal. Bass has had a great year. I think he's kind of a difference maker in this game. Not that Justin Tucker's not a great kicker, uh, but I do think Baltimore's going to be in spots where they need to go for touchdowns more. I like the Bills 33-30 at home. Josh Allen, uh, a big game has a moment or two. Lamar Jackson makes a mistake or two. That's the kind of difference in, I think, what could be an all-time classic uh, between these two great young quarterbacks. I'll take the Bills at home over the Ravens. You're listening on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Whew, that's a lot of fun. Let's do it again. When we come back from the break, we'll break down Sunday's games. Chiefs fans, you're going to want to hear what I have to say. Uh, I'm concerned. I'll explain all of that coming on up. We're live and local here on this Saturday morning in downtown Hannibal. It's America's hometown. Brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. On the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Ready to create your hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. This 
is the Sean Hannity Show. This is your media in the country today. I mean, they have convinced themselves in their their insulated echo chamber bubble that they, the almighty media, were correct and they were in a state of shock, almost equaling the shock of what happened on November 8th, 2016. Two to five on KHMO. I've got muscular dystrophy. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. But the Muscular Dystrophy Association is here to help. MD is what ensures they receive critical medical care at one of over 150 care centers. Please visit helpmda.org. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by the incredible people at Cunis Country, Honda, Hyundai. Ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. You have to stop into the dealership today because Honda is doing 0% for the first time ever. Ever. Honda's never felt the need to do 0%. And they're like, you know what? Everyone else is doing it. Let's give it a try Check it on out. Honda is doing 0%. Tell them Mark sent you, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. CunisQuincy.com, Cunis Honda, Cunis Hyundai. Just shop online as well. That's what I did. Then I just went to the dealership and said, hey, I kind of want this. And they're like, all right, let's make a deal. Join the Cunis family like I did. Faith, family, giving back. They live and breathe it. Welcome on back to the show. Uh, we broke down Saturday's games. I like the Rams uh, to cover but lose 30-24 to 24, uh, to the backers. And I like the Bills to beat the Ravens in a, I think, what's going to be an all-time classic, 33-30. Uh, Josh Allen game-winning drive. I'm calling my shot with that right now. All right, let's move on to Sunday's games. Browns at Chiefs. 205 kickoff. You can listen on our sister station, 97.9 Kick FM. Or if you're watching on TV, it's going to be on CBS. So... This game, I find, is going to be fascinating because I do think when – let me start from the end and then work our way forward with this game. I think when you look at the final score of this game, I have the Chiefs winning 36-24. I think when you look at the final score, you're going to be like, wow, Chiefs, man, they're a juggernaut. They're just blowing people out. But I think if we watch this game and when when we all sit through and watch this game, there's going to be large portions of this game – where Cleveland has their way with Kansas City. I really feel that way. Uh, Cleveland is a juggernaut rushing the football. 148 yards per game. That's third in the NFL total. Against the Chiefs team, which gave up the 21st most yards. I mean, they were bottom third in the league with rushing at 122 yards per game. By far, still the worst rush defense in the NFL playoffs. So... While I said on the show last week, the nightmare scenario for the Chiefs was to get the Ravens because the Ravens is such a dynamic rushing offense, and that is the Chiefs' weakness on defense. They didn't get the Ravens, but they got the second-best rushing team left in the playoffs in the Cleveland Browns. Now, that is one aspect to a game that's many, many facets, right? That doesn't involve quarterback play. That doesn't involve special teams. Uh, that doesn't involve Casey's offense versus uh, Cleveland's defense, which is a great matchup for Kansas City. If they can handle Miles Garrett 
Everything else is, should be gravy for them. Travis Kelsey should have a massive day. Uh, no one in Cleveland's uh, defense can even sniff Tyree Kill. Uh, but why I say when you look at the end score versus when you look at the actual game in the beginning, I do think Cleveland uh, will, will have a, a very successful first half. I'm a firm believer that, uh, that Andy Reid made a, a bad decision in completely resting his offensive guys. I would have loved to have seen them at least go through the motions and get dressed and, and, and really commit in that way. Hey, Patrick, I want you to go through your game time routine. I want you to do your warmups. I want you to, to take those snaps pregame, do all that. And, and like throughout practice, hey, like it's a normal week. You get the number one reps, everything like that. Getting the full bye week in that sense and the end of the season and then another bye week. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played meaningful football by the time he takes the football field uh, tomorrow in 21 days. And I love Patrick Mahomes. I, I still think he's the best quarterback in the NFL with how great Aaron Rodgers has been this year, how great Josh Allen has been. Lamar's been electric. Uh, Brady's been fantastic. Uh, Patrick's still the guy. The guy. But you're asking a lot. And I know Andy Reid is great off buys, but that is asking a lot, especially for a Browns team that is playing with so much house money. They are playing with so much doubt as the Steelers wide receivers still can't shut up about the Browns. And now Sammy Watkins is running his mouth about the Browns. They get their head coach back. They're going to have swagger. They're going to come into this game with an extreme identity. The problem is, as we all know, the Chiefs are in the red zone as soon as they hit the 50-yard line. And no other team in the league is like that. No other team in the league is like that. Buffalo is starting to trend that way, but the, but the Chiefs are that team. I do think the Cleveland Browns, I, it would not shock me if we're starting the second quarter, Cleveland 14-7, Cleveland 14-3. It wouldn't shock me at halftime if Cleveland has something like 17-14. But I think by the end of this game, and where you'll see in the third quarter, a lot like you get with the great Golden State Warriors teams of the past, the Chiefs will dominate the third quarter, score two touchdowns, maybe even three. All of a sudden, this game is going to be 27-17. That's when the, the game plan will have to switch. Baker will have to make plays. And I think you'll see the Chiefs defense uh, be able to shut down Baker Mayfield. I think Baker will play well. I just don't think he has what it takes late in Kansas City. There will be some fans. It won't be a true home field advantage for Kansas City. They won't have, you know, uh, you know, 60,000 screaming Chiefs fans. But I think you'll see then the, the Chiefs blow away. And I think the second half, the fourth quarter of this game, it won't even be that fun to watch. I think it'll be a Browns team that then will be struggling offensively. I think it'll be a Chiefs team that's humming in all cylinders. And I like the Chiefs to cover and win 36-24 over the Browns. Uh, but do not be shocked if it's more of a game than you think. And, and, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's such more of a game momentum that it is a tight fourth quarter. Uh, right now, I, I bet the Chiefs to cover the 10. Uh, I, I do feel strongly about that. But it would not shock me because I do think rest and rust is a real thing. And I do think the Browns have such an identity offensively. The problem is the back end of their defense is so bad. 
there's going to be a jailbreak at some point in time. It's a matter of time. Mahomes, that offense is just too good. Uh, finally, let's get into the final game. So I said it before. I said one home team is going to lose. I got Green Bay winning. I got Buffalo winning. I got Kansas City winning. I got the Saints losing at home. I, I think the Saints lose 30-27 to Tampa Bay. So that's my prediction. How do we get there? First off, A, according to Pro Football Focus, and I do trust them with a lot of things, Tom Brady was the second highest graded quarterback in 2020. He really had an incredible season overall. I mean, a much better season than he's had the past two years in 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 uh, New England. Statistically, firing really in all cylinders and a great year from Tom Brady. Now, I know the uh, the Bucks had the advantage of playing Atlanta twice and Detroit once down the stretch, and they just put up massive points, massive numbers. That helped inflate a lot of their numbers. But there's something to be said about humming and getting going right at the right time and finding that stride, especially for a team that has so many weapons and so little continuity. Now, I do think the Saints have some sort of mental edge over the Bucs. I mean, they demolished the Bucs in their two meetings this year. They didn't just beat them. They embarrassed them. Remember, uh, they beat them uh, 34-23 week one and then 38-3 to uh, in like week 10 or 11, later in the season. Tom Brady had f- uh, three picks in that game. The offensive line for the Bucks was not the same. They get their starting guard back, Pro Bowl-level guy. Since then, the Bucks only lost one game down the stretch when they were get- once they got him back. I think that's a huge advantage for the Bucks. The Bucks' offensive line looked great against an elite, elite defensive line in Washington last week. And that is the strength of the Saints as well, their defensive line. I think Washington's defensive line is better than the Saints. So if the Bucks' offensive line can hold up just as good or better against the Saints' defensive line as they did Washington's, that's huge. Now, I do think this is a high-scoring game. I do think this is a back-and-forth game. But I also do think that the Saints looked really bad against a Bears team that gave them every reason to run away with that game. And the Bears' defense and the Bucks' defense are very comparable. They can get pressure. Uh, they have some uh, really good linebackers who can uh, who can move in space. And they have a back end is uh, is is pretty good. Injured uh, the Bears injured, beat up with their starting corners missing, but uh, but but good. So I I do think this is a straight. The, the Bucks match up defensively pretty well. Uh, at this point in the season with with the Saints. Now, I will say this. I'm a firm believer in Sean Payton overthinking this game and blowing it. I think there's going to be a crucial point in this game where we get a Taysom Hill interception, a Taysom Hill fumble, a weird blind Taysom Hill up at tight end. They pass to him. They they force it, and the Bucks make a pick. We're looking back at this going, his affinity for Taysom Hill is not worth the risk-reward as opposed to just starting him. So one thing if you start him and just play him at quarterback and you want to do all that funky stuff, but keying in on him. Also, it's extremely difficult to beat a team three times a year. It's extremely difficult to beat a team three times a year when they have elite offensive personnel and the greatest quarterback of all time 
who holds grudges, who still has a chip on his shoulder after all his rings that he was drafted in the sixth round. This game's all about Tom Brady. I do not see Tom Brady losing again to New Orleans. New Orleans will not have the crowd there. I think this game is tight. I think this game comes down to who has the ball last. I think Tom Brady has the ball last. And I think Tom Brady gets his team a win in New Orleans, upsetting the Saints 30-27. to I think he hits a couple deep balls. I think Breeze throws a bad pick late. And I, and I like, I, I just really feel strong about Tampa. I'm betting Tampa money line. I got him to cover. Uh, I'm all in on Tampa, uh, beating the Saints this weekend in a, uh, again, a late game on Fox. It should be extremely fun to watch. Really, really fun to watch. You're listening on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. If you were just listening there, that means I have the Packers versus the Bucks, and I have the Chiefs versus the Bills in what I think will be an incredible, incredible uh, weekend next weekend as well. Let's get through this weekend. Let's get through this weekend. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hessman. Let's talk it. Let's have fun with it. Let's bet it responsibly. And uh, and you can find me at on Twitter, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. When we come back, we're going to switch up. We're going to move to basketball, the mega trade. Talk about really Katie's legacy. Katie's making some mistakes. You're on the side of the market. News Talk 1070 KHMO brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Unsafe sleep is a leading cause of death for children one year old and younger. And almost every week in Illinois, a child dies when a caregiver or parent makes a decision to co-sleep with an infant or place him on an adult bed or couch instead of a crib. Help prevent this tragedy and learn the ABCs of safe sleep. Infants should sleep alone on their backs in a safe crib with a firm mattress, fitted sheet, and nothing else. No baby bumpers, no stuffed animals, and no soft items like pillows or blankets. You've got a lot. Gordon Christensen. When I became a dentist, I learned how quickly poor oral health can lead to other serious health problems. And for people without access to care, these problems can spiral very quickly. I wanted to help, so I joined Dental Lifeline Network. Right now, there's a wait list for patients in need in your community. I'm asking fellow dentists who will join me in seeing one patient per year. To learn more, visit willyouc1.org. Thank you, America. When you stay home, you're not only protecting yourself and your loved ones, you're helping infectious diseases experts in the fight against the spread of COVID-19. Sponsored by the Infectious Diseases Society of America Foundation. At times today, otherwise overcast. Daytime highs approaching 34. Winds out of the west, 10 to 15 miles per hour. Snow likely tonight. Lows around 27. Cloudy skies. Chance for snow tomorrow. Highs around 33. A dusting of snow tonight with another dusting Monday night. Right now, 32. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. I am Mark Hespin. We are brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai. They want to thank everyone for what really was a unique and incredibly uh, difficult year in 2020 uh, and and continuing the support through 2021. Uh, they ranked, again, one of the 100 best dealers in the country to work for, 19th overall, 18th overall. Uh, they're special. They're really special. Right now, Honda's doing something really special, 0% financing. Tell them Mark sent you. Cunis Quincy, Cunis Honda, Cunis Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. 
faith family giving back. All right. The mega trade in the NBA happens. And everyone immediately jumps to uh, who won the trade and who lost the trade. And what did the Rockets get and all these picks and blah, blah, blah. I want to focus on something that's a little different. I think this trade is so bad for Kevin Durant. So bad. And and I don't know who knows Kevin Durant, who's in Kevin Durant's camp, but he has made, I think, two to three now massive mistakes in his career. And this is a guy now that's coming off of some major injuries, 13th year in the NBA. Uh, he's now a two-time champion with the Golden State Warriors, two-time finals MVP. But we never talk about Kevin Durant in that top five, top ten even players. And he's got the numbers. I mean, he's got these ridiculous average 27 points per game average. Uh, you know, he's going to set, uh, he's going to be a top, you know, 10 probably all-time scorer. Uh, he's so long, so unique, so crafty. And yet we don't mention him, and, and he's only doing himself more harm. So let's go back to Kevin Durant's the beginning of his career. We were endeared to Kevin Durant because we still have those great memories of him in that one year in Seattle, the last year, the Sonics and the Supersonics, they drafted him. And, and then you feel for him because they get moved to Oklahoma City, not by his choice. Uh, but as a young player, I mean, 20 years old, first year in Oklahoma City, 25 points, scoring champion in the NBA, three straight years uh, in his third, fourth, fifth years in the league. You know, by 23 years old, uh, you, you know, won the scoring title three times. That young Oklahoma City team, you know, that loses to LeBron in the Heat in the finals, but they had James Harden, they had Russell Westbrook, uh, and and we we loved Kevin Durant. No, no uh, hate on Kevin Durant. Nothing but you know, almost like a Mahomes type rise. Like this guy could be all time good, like all timer. Wins the MVP, and then loses to Golden State. After being up 3-1, and there's this, this seismic shift in Kevin Durant's image and Kevin Durant's uh, likeness in that shift to Golden State. You lose to the team, the 72-9 team, the all-time uh, great Warriors team that then goes on to lose to the Cavs, and you join them. You win the two straight. Then the injuries, we all know what happens, fall apart, and you move to Brooklyn. So let's dissect that two and a half, three years. There was a time on Sports Talk Radio where people, after Kevin Durant won second straight finals, beating LeBron, better than LeBron in the finals, better team, two straight MVPs, two straight finals MVPs, two straight championships. Well, now we're starting to talk about Kevin Durant made such a smart move for his legacy. And, I, and, yeah, people always ding him. It's a super team. But we respect titles. And we also respect guys who put egos aside. Like LeBron, like D-Wade. Get so much respect for putting that ego aside and with the Heat and those winning those titles. Uh, we respect Bosh. We respect Kevin Love. Egos aside. Guys, uh, Anthony Davis now we respect a lot. Ego aside, can you move over and orbit around a superstar? Kevin Durant did that. Uh, Clay and Steph did that. They all did that. 
So as much as we're like, yeah, it's not really fair the Warriors are that good, we also just respect the greatness. And yes, Kevin Durant was never going to be now Kobe. He was never going to be Dirk. He was never going to be Duncan. He gave up that when he left for Golden State. He did. He gave up that air of all-time great, winning in your one spot, never leaving, work hard, grind, 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 dominate in your own hometown where they drafted you. He left that. He took the easy road. But we gave him a little bit of a pass because LeBron did it. LeBron set the precedent. And it's about getting those titles and clearing your name so you're not made fun of like a Charles Barkley, right? Or a Carl Malone. But then we kind of respected KD a little bit, right? Because, like, oh, he wants to go do it on his own. He's going to leave the Warriors. He got some titles. Now he's going to Brooklyn with, with Kyrie, and it's the League of Duos, right? And we're going to, he's going to do it on his own. So you can spin it this way. Oh, okay. All right. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have left. You already made the choice to leave. You're in the spot. If titles are important, just keep winning titles with a healthy goal once Golden State gets healthy. But he doesn't do that. He's in Brooklyn. We can kind of justify it. And now he's throwing it all in the trash. He's throwing it all in the trash by getting James Harden. Because now you're back to super team Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. And now it's, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You left the best super team we'd ever seen in Golden State because you wanted to do it on your own. You wanted to create this image. That, hey, I, I'm the guy like LeBron. I, all you need is me and then a guy and some pieces. And now you threw that away. So now it, it questions all these other decisions. Now you'll never be Kobe. You'll never be, uh, you'll never be, uh, Dirk. You'll never be, uh, Duncan to do it at your one spot. You left OKC. Now you'll never really even be MJ, where it's like, all right, well, you left one place, but you went to a place, and it's like, okay, well, MJ went to the Wizards, so he doesn't have that all-time, but you're going to win a massive amount of titles with Golden State, and maybe you could have won five, four, five, six, and now you put yourself in that air. And now you're not even getting that benefit of like, oh, well, he just didn't want the the super teams. Now we can hate on you for creating your own super team. I, I just think whoever is in Kevin Durant's ear was making mistakes. I think this is such a bad thing for his legacy. And I don't think we'll ever talk about Kevin Durant as a top five player unless he leads Brooklyn to three or four titles, two or three, two or three. One is not good enough. It's got to be Kevin Durant being the man on two or three titles now. To where it's like, all right, he's got five, he's got four, and he was the man on two all-time great super teams. And I just don't see that chemistry working. They win one, yeah, whatever. But, man, someone... I, I just think right now, you look back, if you're Kevin Durant, why not just stay in Oklahoma City and eventually force Westbrook out and do the legacy thing? Or why not just stay in Golden State with a better super team, better players... And just, like, take the shots. But you know what? We went on to win five at Golden State, six in Golden State. And then it's all-time GOAT status stuff. I think he's I think he's blown his chance of winning the all-time GOAT, uh, being in that GOAT conversation uh, by getting James Harden, unless he wins two or three with James Harden and Kyrie. Uh, and, Lord, I don't see that happening.
You're listening to the market news talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. One final break, and then I'll give you my thoughts on some of the coaching hires I already made. And I'm already getting some heat about uh, thinking that the the Rams will be in this game with the with the Packers. I'll, I'll make one more plea for you. Why I think you should bet the Rams take the points there, not to win, but take the points coming on up. It's on the market news talk 1070 KHMO. You've been lied to, and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Country Honda Hyundai once again. 0% on Hyundais. They've never done it before. Check them on out. Tell them Mark sent you. Go to CunisHonda.com, CunisQuincy.com, Faith Family Giving Back, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Uh, join the Cunis family. No time like the present. All right, to wrap up the show, I'll quickly give. Uh, we have three head coaching hires so far. Urban Meyer to the Jags, I think, is a home run. I think it's a massive home run. It gives the Jags energy, life, a huge, huge uh, um, presence. Now we're going to be very interested. We're going to be talking about them. You get Urban Meyer gets his guy in Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure he recruited Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure he's got a relationship already with Trevor Lawrence. If you're Trevor Lawrence, this is a win, win, win. A massive win. You're going to get a guy and a staff that's going to be very dedicated to being making you as successful as possible. Also, it's a young Jags team with a lot of picks, so he's going to have a lot of young college guys. And I think the NFL guys will respect Urban Meyer. Multiple national championships in multiple different places. One at the highest levels. Uh, I, I, I think this is a huge win for the Jags. And the AFC South that, besides the Titans right now, how great do you feel about the future of any of the other teams? I think the Jags could be a real player uh, to turn around, you know, seven, six, seven, eight wins maybe next year, depending on how they draft and just the energy that he's going to inject in that organization with Trevor Lawrence. Robert Sala to the Jets, love that. They got a grown-up. The Jets need a grown-up. They need energy. They need a face of the franchise. Robert Sala is that. He's going to – there's great pieces on that defense already. I think he uh, is going to help that defense uh, take a huge step. Uh, I like Robert Sala. And I think the Jets, we heard now talking, they're going to keep Sam Darnold. And they're going to just try to maybe sell that pick, get a ton more picks. I think uh, a huge, huge hire for the Jets. And then Arthur Smith to the Falcons. What I like about that, he's the Titans offensive coordinator the past couple years. He is going to give them an identity. He's going to say, Matt Ryan, do you see how Ryan Tannehill plays offense? We're going to make you play that. Only obviously not nearly as mobile. But I do think you'll see them maybe in a year draft a quarterback. I think this eliminates Atlanta drafting a quarterback this year. But I do think they get their quarterback maybe next year. Uh, so I like all three hires so far right now. Finally, I'll wrap up. I'm catching a little heat on Twitter. I'm going to mark the Packers going to blow out the Rams. Not so fast. Remember, Rams head coach Sean McVay, 31 year, 34 years old. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is 41. But LaFleur learned from McVay. McVay is the teacher, even though he's the younger guy. I think McVay's got some tricks up his sleeve, knows Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur thinks he knows Sean McVay. I think McVay's a better coach. I think it's going to be a fun, fascinating, dynamic, interesting thing to watch. Also, like some of the youngest head coaching meetups uh, in like 50 years in the NFL. So I think that's something to look out for. Coaches matter, especially this late in the year. Uh, McVay's been there. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is something I think that's going to be really fun and worth watching. McVeigh versus LeFleur. The teacher, the student, 
even though the teacher's still much younger. It's just crazy how young Sean McVay is. That's On The Mark. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast. Follow On The Mark on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespin. Enjoy a weekend of football. You know I will. Be safe. Have fun. We'll see you next Saturday. If you want more from me, uh, tune in to Kick FM Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. for uh, Mornings of Market Sam on 97.9 Kick FM. That's where you can find me. Otherwise, just hit me up on Twitter, as I said, at Mark Hesman. Enjoy it. Be safe. Have fun, everyone. You've got a lot of dealership choices.